Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number one. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? Not really in a bad place, but not in the greatest position in life or greatest season in life. Uh, I'd like to bring a message entitled Stuck in a Rut. We're going to read, we'll pray, read this passage, and, uh, and gather some thoughts, and then watch some all-star NBA-level basketball afterwards. All right. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. I pray that you'd help us now as we look into your word. Um, do, Lord, I need your help to handle uh, your word properly and carefully, and I pray that you give us something good for our lives. Lord, we love you, and we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number one, the Bible says there, we'll begin in verse, verse number one. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. They are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them, after he had slain Sihon the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Astaroth in Edri. On this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you, and take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh thereunto, and to the plain, in the hills, in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. And if you've been studying the Bible, if you've been in church for some time, you, you know about the, the children of Israel trudging through the wilderness for 40 years. It didn't have to take that long. It shouldn't have taken that long. And from the very beginning, this thing was an adventure. There are just so many crazy things happening in this story. Right from the very beginning as God came to Moses and said, you are going to lead my people out of captivity. And, uh, and we see this, this drama unfold between Moses and Pharaoh and, and, uh, and all these things that it took for Pharaoh to change his mind. Finally, Pharaoh says, yeah, go ahead. Um, go and get your people out of here. We don't want you here anymore, right? And you probably know some of the things that, that had to happen for his heart to be turned, but his heart did turn. It took some time. 
And it took some harsh things to happen, but the, the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand, right? And so it did turn, and, and so the children of Israel go out on this journey. They take off out of captivity, out, out of Egypt, and all of a sudden Pharaoh changes his mind, right? And he sends chariots and his, his soldiers after God's people. God's people is trudging through the wilderness, and they don't know exactly where they're, they see the, and they hear the chariots, they see the enemies of God going after them. All of a sudden they find themselves right in the, the cusp in front of them is just water. It's a Red Sea, and, and God parts this Red Sea for the children of Israel using Moses and just a simple rod as he plunges this thing into the Red Sea, and we, we see this wonderful picture, and we know, trusting God, that this literally happened as God uh, uh, split the waters, and they went upon dry ground, and, and, uh, and the wall of water coming up on each side of them. Could you imagine being anyone there, especially a child? But even me, as a 48-year-old man, I'm picturing this thing, and you know what I'm thinking? As I'm walking through this thing on dry land, we see this wall of water right here to the side. You know what I'm doing? I'm sick of right. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, this is just an amazing story, an amazing picture of how powerful God is. And here it is, right behind them, right on their heels, the enemies of God trying to get them back into Egypt. And then God gets his people safely over, right? And uh, the enemies of God are swallowed up, keeping God safe. And we keep on through this, this story, and you know about the, the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, and God providing miraculously through, uh, through manna, and then uh, water out of the rock two times, two different stories, two different uh, reactions by Moses, right? And things are just going crazy with this story here. It shouldn't have taken so long. Finally, all right, 40-year journey. The Bible tells us very clearly, we're at year 39 in 11 months. We're at the very end of this story. God's people are right on the cusp of this land that he promised to them. And they're sitting in this area called Horeb. And in verse 1, it's, it describes it as the plain, as the plain. I'd like you to just think about, I'm going to just give four thoughts from this, from this passage, mostly from verses 6 through 8 here. Just considering those times in life, we're just, we're in a rut, right? We're not in the valley seasons, and we're not, into, we're not in the mountaintops. We're just kind of trudging through the plains of life. And don't forget, that's most of life. It's just the everyday, mundane and it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be mundane. We don't have to be in a rut. We can, even while we're living in the everyday, regular mundane, still keep a fresh and exciting walk with God. Now think about it. Every single season in life has their dangers. Now I understand the mountaintops is where we want to be. That's the exciting parts of life. Those are the exciting parts of church and ministry. Obviously there's, there's, a, there's big events that we have in church and we have our missions conferences, and, and young people, I am so excited for you to go to camp, and, and we will be praying you through that. I, I promise you, we are so thrilled that you have the opportunity to just get away from the world and, and get away from it all and get under preaching multiple times a day and, and be able to worship God and be around good people, and these can be life-changing times. And those of you who have been to camp, you know the sensation as you get to that, that last night that, man, you don't want to go home, you just want to be there, and that's not uncommon. We saw, we've seen that happen with the disciples. 
with Peter, James, and John, uh, Jesus' inner circle, he takes them up into the mountain of trans- the mountain transfiguration, and Jesus Christ, his glory is revealed to them, and they hear the voice of God, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, and, and they say, hey, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three, uh, uh, three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and let's stay here forever. Let's not ever leave, right? There's that sensation. Let's stay on the mountaintop. Let's stay in the exciting part of life. And guess, here's the thing, that's just not reality. Now, those mountaintops are important. No, would never want to take away the mountaintop, young people, that you can potentially have in your life in just a couple weeks. And there's a reason we're going to pray, pray you through, and, and, and some of us are going to fast, and, and Liberty Church, uh, I, I hope uh, that we can really get behind this and understand how big of a deal this is for our young people, that maybe we can take some time to fast for these young people as well, and, 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 and support them financially. And so there's a reason that people get behind this, because these mountaintop experiences are a big deal. They are important in life. And they give you just a little bit of fire, maybe a little bit more clarity into God's will for your life, and they are important. But the danger about the mountaintop experiences, they can distract us actually from God's will. They can. Even Peter, James, and John, let's stay here. No, God's will for the life was to go back down that mountain and do some work down there. Yes, get that mountain, enjoy that mountain, get everything you can out of that mountaintop and, and get close to God and get that fire. And the, yes, those things are important, but then we have to come back down into the plains, right? Then there's that other end, there's the valleys, right? And, and the valleys can be a scary time, right? But they're important times. The valleys are such important times that they stretch us. Um, there's this really important concept to grab in Scripture that's the fellowship of His sufferings. We fellowship with Jesus Christ in such a special way when we're hurting. And it's those deep, dark valley times that, that Jesus Christ, God promises that he's close to us, right? When our hearts are breaking, God says he's near. And it may not feel like it, but the fact is when our hearts hurt the most, God is drawing close to us. And so those are special times, but of course there's a danger in the valleys as well that they can embitter us. Right? It all depends on our reactions to it. If we can see and just trust God's hand in our life that he's molding us, he's teaching, some really, teaching us some really important lessons, and we take advantage of those valley experiences to get to know Christ in a way that we normally never would be able to get to know him. So there's dangers in the valley as well. But then there's the plains. And it's not the valley. It's not the scary, deep, dark valley, Right? It's not the exciting mountaintop. It's just the regular every day. You wake up, you drink your coffee, amen. You read your Bible, drink a little bit more coffee, right? Go to work, drive to work, listen to a podcast or listen to sports radio, what have you. Go to work, do your thing, take your break, drive back home, have dinner, do your devotions go to bed, just this Monday, come to church. And before you know, we're just kind of in this routine, and routines aren't bad. Routines are important in life for sure. But because we're just so used to doing this, and routines can make us robotic. It's kind of the danger. And God didn't create robots. That's why he gave us free choice. 
God had the power to create beings that would just naturally love him. Right? We agree that God had the power to do that, but he did not create us with only the choice, with, with no choice but to love him. We have the choice to love him. We have the choice to follow him. And that's what true love is. When we make a decision that God gave us free choice to love him. So he didn't want robots. And there's the danger of the planes. Because we're just living life, we've got a routine, we do this every single day, sometimes at the same time every single day, and we fall into this routine, and all of a sudden our Christianity is robotic. And before we know it, I mean, nothing bad happened. You're, we're not in any great sin, but because we don't realize we're just being robotic, that we're stuck in this rut. And the Christian life has lost its excitement. And, and maybe our devotions have become more of a chore, and, and our service has become more of obligation, right? And we're just stuck in this rut. And so what do we do? How do we protect ourselves? And at first of all, we just, we have to acknowledge it and just know, okay, I'm in this place, things aren't great, and this isn't God's will for my life to just go through life and live my Christian life in just this mediocre, lukewarm way, right? It's supposed to be vibrant, right? It is supposed to be. It's not always missions conference or, or, or Orange County experience or summer camp or revival. It's not always that, but our daily lives, our walk with God can be vibrant and exciting and a continual growth process. And how do we keep ourselves from going into this, into this rut? So first of all, look at verse number six there. The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, you have dwelt long enough in this mount. All right, so they've endured all this stuff. Now they're just, the, the Bible says they're 11 days journey. And I understand that that's not insignificant, but compared to the 40 years, this is 11 days left. Get up and go, and you're in there, right? This 11 days journey. And so they've been hanging out in this camp for a while. And God says, okay. That's enough. Now remember, as we read this, God listed some really important and huge victories that they had. And maybe it started off as kind of a time of rest. We get that, right? Sometimes we have just have some big experiences and busy seasons in life and ministry, and sometimes we just need a rest. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Everyone needs a vacation, right? Everyone needs a vacation. And, and that, those are good things. We're not designed to live in vacation, right? It's something that we do to unplug and, 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 and help us reset. Those are good ways to snap out of a rut sometimes is to take a vacation, but we can't live there in vacation. We wish we could, all right? And God says, no, you've spent enough time in Horeb. It's now time, my first point, is to leave Horeb. Leave Horeb. Horeb is just, it's a place of familiarity. Horeb is that region that includes Mount Sinai. Now, so remember, when we think of the children of Israel in those 40 years in the wilderness, I really, probably the first things I think of is, is God providing um, manna, right? And that's, and that's amazing that God just provided their food. Um, it is important to note, as God provided their, um, their food, he always sent the manna outside of the camp. Isn't that interesting? It's really important, too. Once again, God has the power to drop the manna right into their camp, right? This is free food. But still, as we study Scripture, how God provides for us, He provides a process for us. He provides our needs through a process, right? For example, if you need a job, you pray, 
But you don't just sit there. You pray, you put together a good resume, you make some phone calls, you knock on doors, you, you re-evaluate re your resume if you need to, hey, there's some personal responsibility in this, right? So even as God has provided the physical needs of his people, you see that he still made it to where there was some effort involved, right? He could have just dropped the manna right into the camp or right into their laps, but he put it outside of the camp, so they had to get up go outside of the camp. It wasn't real difficult, but there was some effort involved, right? Go out and get the manna and bring it in and take care of it, right? And God provided that. And they got a little tired of it, right? And let's, let's not be pious. The same thing every single day, all right? We're going to get a, a little antsy, a little old, right? They were missing the garlic and leeks and, and fish and all those things. They started to miss those things, but God provided. It was amazing. How God provided the water. It was amazing, right? Speak to the rock, Moses. All he did was talk to it. Second time, he got mad. Hit the rock. Guess what? The water still flowed, right? But still Moses had to pay a price, and that's a whole message for another time, right? Isn't it interesting? Sometimes we'll do something wrong. Young people, catch this. Sometimes we'll rebel. We'll do something wrong, and we will fall into sin. We'll disobey mom and dad, whatever it is. Do that sin is like, okay, everything's good. Yeah, it's good right there. The water's flowing right there, but there's always a price. There's always a price. It seems like it's good right there, but there's always a price to pay. And Moses paid a huge price for that. So God providing that and all those things. And so, yes, those things are exciting. And so there's that familiarity, right? Hopefully they got over their thirst and their desire for the leeks and garlic and, and, and fish and all that. And they just kind of moved on. Um, they, their, their clothes never wore out. And so, yes, there's that element of, wow, God provided. And, and so maybe there is that element of sitting in Horeb. And you know what? We're good. We know God provided this and God provided that land over there, but you know what? We're fine over here. One of the, the biggest dangers to best is good, is fine, right? And so we're just, our Christian lives are fine, and before we know, we're just stuck in this rut, and our Christian lives don't move past fine. And there's a danger there, and, and so leaving Horeb was just leaving some familiarity to stuff that we're used to, leaving the routine. But also, there is some really hard stuff that happened in Horeb and Sinai. Think of the Ten Commandments, right? Obviously, think of the Ten Commandments. It's important. It was exciting. Ten Commandments was a messy process, right? It was a messy process. Imagine being the children of Israel. They've trudged through the through the wilderness, get to this mountain. Moses says, just hang out here for a little bit. I, go, I have to go up and talk to God. Forty days. Forty days their leader's up there. And it's not just that there's this absence of their leader. I mean, just crazy things are happening. Just imagine being them down there, and, and they're looking up and at this mountaintop and wondering what's going on. And there's thunder and lightning and a dark cloud and noise and trumpets and just crazy things going on. And they're sitting there antsy as this human nature is, and they start having this party and reveling and in carnality. It's just not a good process. Moses comes back down. Man, his things are just a mess. He breaks the tablets that God gave to him, has to go back up again. Man, it's just a mess. The golden calf, there's stuff that happened there. And it's easy for us to get stuck in our past failures, right? It's so easy to live there. 
Even though we know God is forgiven, we've repented and we've restored relationships and it could be just be hard, humanly speaking, to move on. And for some of us here, maybe leaving Horeb is leaving those past regrets. And regrets can keep us from, it could keep us too safe to where we don't take chances. We don't take, anything, take on anything new because of, man, I messed up back there. And God says it's forgiven. It's forgiven. If you've done your part before God and restored relationships, you can move on. You don't have to stay there. And it could be, I don't know for sure, but this is Horeb. Yes, there's the pretty good. That's, they're living a pretty decent life, and God is providing that. Yes, there's that element of, okay, you, the, um, the good keeping us from the best. And, but it could be like, hey, look, me, I'll be honest. I struggle with some of these things in my past of, of some past failures or maybe perceived failures or things I wish I could go back and do better or do right. But I can't let that keep me from pursuing God's will now. And all that he has for me now, moving forward. And if I keep looking back, I'll stay in horror because it's safe, right? But God has so much more. And so what is keeping you in this rut? Is it just, okay, things are safe here. Things are comfortable here, but God has so much more, right? Man, I just messed up here, you know, and I don't want to take any chances. And it's keeping us from God's best. And so leave, turn, move forward, journey away from Horeb. Then it says this, verse number seven, turn you and take your journey and go to the Mount of the Amorites. Now, to me, this is, could be just a subtle point, but the Amorites, you study the Bible at this point, the Amorites are like, they're the baddest of the bad. They're an evil people. And God is using this and just says, you know what? Okay, it's time to go. You're comfortable here. Things are fine. Things are good. Now go over there to where the Amorites are. Take on the baddest of the bad. Leave Horeb. And then number two, take on the Amorites. So what is that? Where's the significance there of taking on the baddest of the bad? It's like, well, sometimes we just need to take on a challenge. I'm not saying set set ourselves up for failure. But one of the best ways to break routine when we're stuck in a rut is maybe just learn something new. Just intentionally take on a challenge. Learn something new. Read a book outside of your regular sphere of books that you read. Stuff that you like to learn. Take on a hobby that's just different from what you're doing. So, oh, I have hobbies. I exercise. Change up your exercise routine. Or move forward in your exercise routine, right? Start to grow in these ways and take on a challenge. And once again, I understand. It's safe here. You've accomplished this. We're doing this, and we're doing it well, right? But maybe there's something more that God wants you to take a little step of faith to do. And and I'm not talking about necessarily huge, big, life-altering decisions, but just something new in your routine, and just mix it up a bit. So take on a challenge. Do something different intentionally when we're stuck in a rut because this is what we're doing. We're just being robotic. And so just changing something up in your schedule, like we all like our schedules, that's fine. I get that. But maybe you're stuck in a rut, right? You just change up your schedule just a little bit, right? 
and take on something that challenges your brain, challenges you spiritually just a little bit more. Take on a challenge. Take on the Amorites. And continue on there in verse number 7. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mound of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto. So I take on the Amorites and everything else close by, right? So I just have here, number three, go everywhere near. And so here's my point. Things that are far away tend to feel more exciting just because they're far away, right? Um, I, I'm, don't take this word, it's not meant to be. I'm not against missions trips. I love missions trips, and, and some of my best times in ministry and youth ministry were missions trips. But we have a mission field right, all right here, right? I don't, don't have to get on a plane. But I understand. I mean, missions trips, are, they're amazing, and, and if you can go on one, you should, Right? I think we just think of these things. If you take a missions trip, that you've done your duty of evangelism, right? There's a danger there. It is exciting to jump on a plane, right, and go somewhere far away and, and reach the unreached people and, and people who've never heard of Jesus or what have you and, and change a village for Christ. I, I get that. I'm not against those things. They're wonderful. If you can do it, you can do it. Go ahead and do it, and it'll, it'll be a benefit to you. But... Don't forget about everything that's close by, too, right? Go everywhere near as well. Don't just get locked into a foreign missions trip, or even just, you know, obviously, take vacations. We love to get away because we need a change of scenery, right? And those places are exciting. But wow, we are blessed here. Enjoy the area that God has placed us. Enjoy the sunshine that we used to have. Who knows where it went? Right? Have no idea where it went, but it'll come back, right? So there's palm trees in other places. We have palm trees here. There's beaches in other places. We have beautiful beaches here. You like the mountains? They're pretty close by, right? Yes, go to Alaska, go to Washington, I'll go to Hawaii if you can. But we've got stuff right here for God, for, that God wants us to enjoy, right? There's no spirituality in not enjoying our lives. I mean, just read the Bible a little bit, read Ecclesiastes a little bit, and God says, enjoy it. Enjoy what he has provided. So go everywhere near. Don't think of uh, the, the only places that we can serve and do something exciting for God is far away, or the only places that we can enjoy and unwind and as far away. No, it's, it's right here. It's all right here as well for us. And then lastly, look at verse number eight. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And number four, consider the opportunities God has opened for us. Consider all the opportunities God has opened up to us. Behold, I've, I've set the land. It's, it's just right there, folks. I know, you, I know you're good here in Horeb. You've been camping out here for a long time. You've got your food, clothings, all good. I get it. You're good here. But I promise you, it's just right there in front of you. I promise you can have it. And just go in and get it. It's going to take some efforts. There, there's, there's going to be some, some giants in the land, whatever. There's going to be some effort in this, but I promised you would have it. And so go and get it. And so just consider the opportunities that God has given us. And God has given us opportunities to grow in him and to do things for him and to reach out to people and to make a difference in this world, make a difference in this life and opportunities for your family to grow together and enjoy a, a beautiful area. And so just consider, okay, 
These are the things that God is, you know, I can potentially do with me and my, my family or for the sake of the ministry, these opportunities are right here. Just take some effort, get up, pack up the camp in Horeb and go. It's an 11 days journey, but it's, it's, it's accessible. It's doable. We can get there. Go in and possess the land. Amazing opportunities that God has given us. Stuck in a rut. Get unstuck. Don't be robotic. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. And it's exciting. It's a good life. Living it for Jesus. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.